You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to help you plan that unbelievable travel experience. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, excursions, and more in one place. There are over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from, so you can find something for everyone. And Viator offers free cancellation and 24-7 customer support for worry-free travel. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. Welcome to the Pride of Detroit POD cast, first of 2022. This is the call of the, I almost did a very old open that I've never done in years. I am working, I, I yeah, I that, that's how I used to, never mind. Um, hey, hi, yeah, this is a Detroit Lions podcast. Um, I've been working every day since December 4th. So I'm a 24th, God, I'm, I'm all over the place, Jeremy. I'm gonna need your help. I am being the hyper adequate host, Christopher Fett at Christopher Fett on Twitter, as we come to you after a major 2021 campaign. And we'll talk about that real quick before we get into uh, Lions and Seahawks and moving beyond that into some unrestricted free agent talk. And just looking, looking past the season a little bit, I think Jeremy, I can tell is already ready to uh, stop talking about the season and talk about all the nitty gritty, except for the draft. You know, he, he wants to talk, he wants to talk everything but draft. That's yeah. That's, I think that's accurate. I think, I think the Seahawks game really kind of kicked it into like, okay, maybe, maybe we should start thinking about the off season. Cause sim th- this, this season. Yeah. Sim, sim to the end of the season. Cause this wasn't a particularly fun. It, we had one good fun quarter in the third quarter, then the rest was just kind of, all right, well, I, yeah, I guess, we'll, uh, I guess we're done we'll, here. We'll, we'll talk about that. Yeah. Soon. So that's Jeremy Reisman, the fearless leader at Detroit online, Ryan Matthews, the rock God, our third man at Ryan underscore P O D. Hello, Ryan. Happy new year, fellas. Happy new year, new year buddy. Oh, I almost don't want, I also, I almost don't want to ring it in because 2021 was really good for us. I, I did, the, I showed this on our, on our post game show. Um, let's toot our horn for two seconds. Sure. 1.2 million, 1.2 million downloads. That's in 2021. Uh, we had a unique listener audience anywhere, any given month between 27,000 people, 30,000 people. Those are big numbers. Those are numbers we haven't seen in a, in a while. Oh, by the way, Spotify, after we sent out the call, we're still hovering, I think over 130 downloads, 4.9 rating. So, yeah. Ratings. Yeah. <clears throat> it's, yeah. it's insane. Like I have to step back and, and kind of take it all in every now and then and just realize like, also we got partnered on Twitch this year. We got partnered on Twitch this year. I mean, we, I, I, I know we've touted this as the most reviewed podcast, Detroit Lions podcast, but I think, I think it might be fair to say that we're the biggest Detroit Lions podcast. And that, that kind of hit me like a ton of bricks when just seeing that, that million number million downloads. That's, that's weird. I don't, I, I can't comprehend that. But uh, this is all a weird roundabout way of saying thank you to everybody who's who's followed us for what over five years now, six years. We're uh, five and a half. We'll be five and s- a half. Uh, actually, actually, no, 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 six, six, six and a half. It's insane. We started in 2015, before the season. So, 
<sighs> Time Barbara. flies while you're having fun. <laughs> Are, were we having fun? I don't know what we were On doing. On Sunday? Before, but that's what I'm doing now. We're making it fun. We're, we're making it fun. We're, we're turning this potato into some potato salad. I like potato salad. Speaking Prefer- of potato salad. mustard based. Mustard based? Yeah. Mm. I- I'm a sicko. Mayonnaise is good for you. Jeremy's not a fan of mayonnaise, especially. I'm not a fan of mayonnaise or mayo. And now I'm more eager to talk about the Seahawks game (laughs) than ever to get us off of mayo and mustard talk. We always do like old food takes. Anyway, Lions Seahawks. um, I've got my thoughts out in the post game show in that. I just like at this point, I'm not sim the season like Jeremy, but at this point I feel like this team is too decimated to take any kind of uh, uh, takeaways from anything like there there, there's 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 being decimated and then there's being lines decimated and i will also say that there's being a bad team at the end of the year and then there's being a team that is bad but also you're getting people to buy in for next year and then there's whatever the the fuck the the new york giants are doing uh trying to apparently neg players to come back or something so I'm just saying, like, Lions, I understand it's two wins. I have heard several Lions fans very mad and just pointing at the scoreboard and uh, and um, trying to say, like, you know, that this is bad, this is bad. I guess, man, but, I mean, this is the first year of a rebuild. Like, Cincinnati's at least three, four years into their rebuild, and they look fine. And this is kind of – this is the death th- – this is the throws that come after you've put yourself – in the hole that Patricia and, uh, and Bob Quinn. And I hate, I hate to keep using them as a stalking horse, but look, man, it's compounded problems and it leads to this game. And sometimes when it leads to this game where you get blown out and um, not good, but when you're calling a practice squad players left and right in a season that is even longer than previous. And also you're dealing with a pandemic. uh, This is going to happen. And this was also a bad matchup. Like, you know, uh, I think the only surprise I really had was that the Seahawks kind of ran the ball all over Detroit, but I feel like they really just wanted to see what they had with Rashad Penny. But other than that, like, I mean, you're not going to do anything against DK Metcalf. You, you, with, with who? Who in the backfield right now? <laughs> yeah, I mean, you're, you're not wrong. Um, I, I said on first bite, I, I didn't think this was a particularly good matchup for the Lions. I said on my preview, I didn't think it was a good matchup for the Lions. I, I expected them to lose by by a couple possessions i'm not sure i still expected what happened too and and listen there there are plenty of excuses you can you can make for the lines whether it's covid whether it's the injuries whether it's playing in seattle backup quarterback rain whatever you want to make there, there's plenty of excuses out there for that kind of performance from the lions i guess my concern though is that the lines have had four games you could maybe even argue five if you want to throw the 49ers in there where they've just gotten straight blown out and listen, the roster's bad. They're going to get blown out. It happens in the NFL. Teams get blown out. Good teams get blown out. Hell, the Lions blew out a good Cardinals team. That sort of stuff happens. But it feels like they're all kind of the same flavor. And it's getting gashed on the run game again and again and again. And it's, I, I, th- I think the most concerning thing is what I've heard from players and coaches after each one of these games. And it's kind of the same thing. They showed us looks that we we didn't expect. They showed they they came out with with some some different looks, and to me that 
kind of screams that they're unprepared. And listen, when you have a really, really young, really, really an inexperienced roster, new looks are going to throw them for a loop. And that's what happened in this game. But when Tim Boyle and Dan Campbell come out after this game and say, listen, we, we just, you know, they, they did stuff we didn't expect that to me is kind of unacceptable. Like, listen, everyone's in their nascency here. Like it's year one. We're giving every single person a pass basically on this roster. And, and I'm, I'm for that. I get that, but I I don't want to hear this next year. I don't want to hear, well, Oh, they, they threw some looks we weren't expecting. And and we were expecting this, like Tim Boyle said, you know, they, they had a five man front and that, that really threw our offensive line for a loop when it came to our running game, just like, well, okay, but you have to be prepared for that. You have like, you're not just going to come in seeing what you saw on tape from a team. They, they adjust week by week. And so that to me is at least mildly concerning, I, but overall I'm with you, Chris, like we can basically throw this game out because yeah, I, I mean, I understand those concerns, but it's not that season yet. And as you said, sure. everyone needs the whole reason, the whole way you get that experience is sometimes you just have to get punched in the mouth, fail fast, fail hard and but keep going. Five times this year. I mean, yeah, how there's many 17 times? games. Yeah. All right. And like, look, some of these guys weren't playing in those previous blowouts. Either. That's true. I'm going to keep saying like, how many, how many practice squad call-ups were there this week, Jeremy? Uh, six, five. I don't know. Yeah. I mean, you, you lose track. That's not good. That's but not every, good. Everyone's also dealing with this right now. Like show me a team that doesn't have, you know, four or five starters on, on their COVID list. That's fair. I mean, <clears throat> it's all fair. I, I, what I want us to do is I want us to kind of take stock of the the four games that I think that we can all that we can all sit there and point at and say like these are the worst four losses that the Lions have had and one of them was was this past week in Seattle uh, another one was right before the bye week uh, on Halloween when they yeah. played the Eagles, Eagles. Um, a couple weeks before that when they played the Bengals and I would say the 49ers game I think that Broncos those too, though right. Yeah, the Broncos game, I think the Broncos game I throw out because of what we're just talking about in terms of sickness and COVID. And I mean, that was just a, that was a week that I don't think any team could have overcome. I mean, it could have been the ball came. Yeah. Well, like if we're talking about throwing, if we're talking about throwing out stuff too, like those, those three turnovers by Tim Boyle and like, I get it. He's the backup, but I don't think you're getting a three turnover game if Jared Goff is in there. Yeah. And those, well, those turnovers all, if, if I'm not mistaken, Ryan, all led to points. Yeah. Yeah. I, they, they did all lead to points. And the, the, I think when I, when I take stock of, of this game, the only other game where the Lions gave up 31 points and a half was that 49ers game. Uh, they gave up 31 points in the first half um, to the 49ers. Like, I, this Seattle game it it felt a little bit different though um because at least there was that opening series where they forced them to punt um (laughs) and then you look at the play drive for the for the or for the seahawks sorry bird teams but you look at that play drive for the for the seahawks for the rest of the game and it just touchdown 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 and it it was very it it became reminiscent of that eagles game um in in that sense except the lions were able to like punch back a little bit in in some weird ways. Like, you know, I I don't think the lions, I don't think they had a player like Amon Ross St. Brown. And I know we're going to get to him in a minute, but like, I think that there's ultimately there is, there was like a, like some sprinkles of good 
Um, and, and specifically the thing I want to highlight is like the first drive. Um, and, and that's something that really stood out to me and, and I took some notes on it, but like the, the things that stood out to me on that first drive, like there was a really, there was just like awesome play designs. And, you know, you want to talk about like maybe not being prepared for some of the looks that they had when they were on offense. Um, there was this play play design where like Tom Kennedy, and we're talking about Tom Kennedy, who's, right. who's your starting wide receiver number two in this game. Like he comes in motion from the slot. There's a fake handoff to Swift to Swift. And then there's an easy pitch and catch for Amon Ross St. Brown, like scheming Amon Ross St. Brown open is something that like, it took all the way until week 17 of the NFL season to happen. They were good but, at that though. Yeah. But, but they got there yeah. and like, they got there <laughs> and they have a dude who can do something like that. And like on the very next play, Matt Nelson and Taylor Decker, both <laughs> pre-snap move over to the right side of the line and it was like one of Jamal Williams, like best runs of the game. Like it was something where like something actually happened. And then there was, I mean, there was a Reynolds and Swift, uh, you know, split back uh, formation yeah. in that, in that same drive. It was a lot of the stuff that like, you know, ever since Dan Campbell took over play calling duties, like we were hoping we'd see cool stuff like that. And, you know, for those first three games, it was really rough sledding, but I, I like the, again, like this season is so much about like development and maturation. And that goes for both the coaching staff who is rather I quote unquote young and inexperienced, relatively speaking. And I, you're seeing that. And yes, they, they got the doors blown off them. They had 51 points scored against them. There, there's a lot to talk about in terms of what they brought to the table defensively in Seattle. But I'm willing to kind of wipe this game away in a, in a, in a different way, kind of like the Broncos game. Like I, I think that there's enough going on like with this team and how shorthanded they are and things like that, that this game can kind of be wiped away because at least there is some good stuff to take from it. When I think about the Cincinnati Bengals game, <laughs> like the lions were, were held scoreless through three quarters and scored 11 points in garbage. Well, time. I mean, uh, to be fair, as we were learning, the Cincinnati Bengals might be one of the best teams, in the AFC right now. Well, like, I mean, that's kind of the thing you look back at all these games, <laughs> right? Like the, the Eagles are certainly better than we thought they were. Oh yeah. No, the, the Eagles are well. a playoff team. Yep. And the 49ers, 49ers. are holding, uh, they're holding on, but they're, they're also okay. yeah. losing Jimmy G is going to hurt them. I feel, um, <laughs> But yeah, like, I don't know. Seattle's definitely not the playoff team, but I don't think it's a stretch to say they have better players at many key positions that turns this into a, to a beat down. I do want to say to Ryan's point about trying different things, lesser coaches would have tried the fat guy uh, offensive lineman touchdown. And the first time it fails, go away from it. Uh, Dan Campbell, Campbell he went back to the well. He wanted that. <laughs> the he wanted that. drive. Now, granted, I think that's also because they have no tight ends. Oh, it's a hundred percent. Yes. <laughs> and I mean, that's, that's probably why they did the, the, the Sewell and, or the Decker and um, Nelson on one side of the line is like, they just didn't have any tight ends. They don't in this tight game. ends. They don't have a position, Jeremy. <laughs> they, they literally don't. They, they added two guys on Tuesday and said, Hey, you, you have to play now. Um, but yeah, I mean, like, yeah, all those, all those matter and all those neat are important context. I guess, I guess my concern and I'm with you, Ryan, I, I guess I don't have that much concern about the, the offense. I would have liked to see them run the ball a little more successfully, but Ryan, we went into that game knowing that Seattle was one of the better run defenses in the league and the lines are missing their starting right guard. They're obviously still missing their, their starting center. So wasn't a particularly great matchup there defensively is where the majority of my concern is. And 
it's not a huge concern because again, personnel is not good over there, but we had seen Aaron Glenn make, you know, lemonade out of lemons for the past month and, and develop some really, really good game plans. And there was just nothing that, I mean, this, this is a bury the game film game for the Lions defense, right? I don't, I don't see any silver lining in the defensive performance on, on Sunday. Again, the, the only thing I can really say is that two of two of Tim Boyle's interceptions turn into seven points. And that swings the game significantly when we're talking about but, the defensive but performance. Two of those interceptions came late in the fourth quarter. Like the game was over. No, I, I know. I, I'm sorry. One of them turned into a field goal. But yeah, no, I'm, I'm just saying. But like it, it, it does it does impact, I think, some of the sure. score there. I I, I mean, if we take those away, what, 41 points? It's 29-41. Doesn't look as bad, but I mean, still. You like, still gave, you, up, you still gave up those. You still gave up those points. Sure. Agreed. Um, I just don't want to get down this hole of whether or not Tim Boyle is the right quarterback, backup quarterback for the future, which seems to be something people want to really do. Like, look, I'm not going to bag on Tim Boyle for throwing interceptions. He's a backup quarterback. Like, show me a team that has – a backup quarterback quality enough to beat your, to like play as well as your starter. Like I, it, it only happened well, once and it was Nick Foles and it feels fugazi as hell. Well, if that happens, you don't have a backup quarterback. Yeah. Chris, yeah you, you have, have two starters and we know how that goes in the NFL. Yeah. I, I mean, it, it rarely ever happens. And like, it really works out when you do have two guys who are of the same equal level. It, the old adage is if you have two quarterbacks, you have no quarterbacks. Yeah. It, it, the last thing I want to say about that, and, and I said it on Twitter, but like, I don't know how anybody can watch that game and be so overly and outwardly upset about Tim Boyle being a problem when the, the, the defense gave up 51 points and 265 yards on 41 carries. Yeah. Like, and, and they forced one punt and that one punt came three minutes into the game. I think it's more egregious and I'm, I'm sure Jeremy will get into it. like, what happened to the run game in this game? Once again, DeAndre Swift just completely cold. I, I want to talk about the run game, but I, I also want to talk about what Jeremy just said in terms of like there, there isn't much to write home about what the defense was able to do. And I think it's, I, I think a lot of it has to do with they're just at the bottom of the barrel when it comes to talent at this point. I mean, I think that they've been so affected by injuries because this was, this was like the perfect storm. Like the lions were playing a Seattle Seahawks team that yes, I, you know, going into the game, they were five and 10, but they finally had like Russell Wilson back and Tyler Lockett was finally healthy and DK Metcalf is there. And Oh, Rashad, Rashad, Rashad Penny is, I mean, this isn't a surprise to anybody, but Rashad, Rashad, Rashad Penny is playing for a contract. Like he, <laughs> he's, he's at that point in his career. Like he was a 2017 draft pick. So like, I, I think that there was a very motivated Seattle offense to go out there and beat up on a, a Lions team that I, to be honest, I, they could have given up more points, right? Yeah. I think they could have given up more than 51 points, but yeah, the, I think maybe Jeremy, the, th- the, the, the parts about the defense that are concerning are why was Seattle able to run the ball this way when they haven't done it at all this year yet against any other team? Like why was it right. this lion's defense when, when really run defenses, it's a lot about like physicality. It's a lot about 
willing to stick your nose in there and willing to make the tackle. And there, there's one play that sticks out to me and it was Rashad Penny's first touchdown where there were three missed tackles yeah. by Charles Harris. Charles Harris just throws a shoulder into him. <laughs> Jalen Reeves, Mabin and Tracy Walker is just like, here are my arms. I hope yeah. they bring you down. And you know, I think that was the moment where I was like, oh, this is going to be a really long game because this isn't a Lions team that wants to be physical right now. Yeah. And, and if they, that should be concerning though, right? That, At least a little bit. A little bit. I, I think part of me is like, it's game, it's game 16. They're sure. two, they're two 12 and one. But, but Dan Campbell's getting all this credit on Monday saying like, wow, this team fought all the way into the second half. And, and I don't like, I don't know. I, I think, I think that's, kind of a like just raw I don't know I think where I like know. these these a lot of these guys might not ever start a football game again if that's not enough motivation for them to put good at tape like they don't belong in the league it, it shouldn't require a raw raw coach and if they're not playing well like how much credit do you really give the head coach for that I, I don't know like it, it seems a little silly to me. I, I don't know I think I, I watched Dan Campbell's press conference afterwards he definitely this did not he did not look like a man who exactly was taking a lot of good out of this game right to, to right. Jeremy's point he definitely was I mean he's always unhappy after loss but in this one in particular he, he he seemed particularly defeated and wasn't really looking on any kind of bright sides. There were there. a lot and, of mental errors in this game. And, yeah, and, and, and that, again, that's not a huge surprise. The lines are essentially got five or six star- rookie starters on defense. But um, yeah. we, he also said like, we're, we're in week 17 y'all. Like you can't keep, like, if these, if these guys have not pl- started to play like they're not rookies anymore, that's a concern because we're at the end of their rookie season. You, you need to start the mental errors can't really still be there at this point. And that's, that's a failure on coaching. And is it a huge yeah, failure? I, no. Is, are these rookies doomed to, to be bust? Absolutely not, but they should have played yeah, better. Well, listen, listen, it's also, it's also a longer season and we're all trying to process what that means yeah. for the body getting to weeks, getting to game 16, usually in the schedule is just crashing and burning through. And as someone who has been working at least nine hours every day since Christmas Eve, sometimes the, the spirit is willing, but the flesh is just completely shut down. And maybe that's just the case for the lions at this point. And it, it shuts down a little easier when you don't have anything you're really playing for either, no matter what kind of motive motivation you try to cram in there uh let's take a quick break when we come back we are going to get into individual performances we mentioned deandre swift we mentioned amon Ra, st brown praise the sun um we'll talk about levy onzarike and ali mcneil who posted kind of disappointing games and uh talk about yeah pretty much every all the big performances later on jeremy uh has had enough he's tired he's fed up Um, He doesn't want to even think about the draft. He just wants to talk about some unrestricted free agents. We'll let him have his cat in it because technically this would be the end of the season any other year. We'll be right back on the Friday Detroit POD cast. Support for this show comes from Sylvan Learning. As a parent, you want your child to have every opportunity. But giving them the tools they need to tackle every challenge, that takes a team. Now more than ever, educational support tailored exactly to what your child needs can make all the difference. 
That's why parents have trusted Sylvan Learning for 45 years as the ultimate teammate in their child's educational journey, instilling in them a love for learning and a passion for reaching the next level. And Sylvan's Insight Assessment can identify gaps in learning and areas that could be of concern for your child. It's a 360-degree view into your child's learning that you can't find anywhere else and helps ensure that your child didn't miss something in school that might put them at a disadvantage in the future. And right now, it's the best price of the year at $29. Go to sylvan29.com to learn more and get your child's assessment for only $29. That's S-Y-L-V-A-N-29.com. Welcome back to the Pride of Detroit POD cast. Uh, final notes. This is our final notes segment from Seattle, Detroit. I know everyone wants to keep going back to the well on this game, but at the same time, I'm trying to, I'm holding Jeremy at like an arm's length here from stopping him from talking about free agents and contracts. Did you, did you ever think we'd get to a point where I'm begging to talk about the off season? Yes. It came later than I thought. It came earlier than me for me. I thought it was going to happen. I I didn't think I was going to get there after week 18. What about you, Ryan? Where where do you think Jeremy's breaking point was? Um, man, I, I feel like I have it pinpointed, but I can't, I can't, I can't exactly place it. Cause there, there was a time when Jeremy was just like, it, it was before a first bite podcast. Like Jeremy was like, we're, we're done previewing the other team. Nobody really. <laughs> nobody, it was nobody, one week where we're yeah. just like, we're not doing this anymore. And then we just ended up doing it again. every I, week. I think it was the week after the Minnesota game. So it was whatever game that was. I yeah. feel like it, it oh, definitely happened somewhere between Jeremy saying he would give 50 gifted subs to our Twitch audience. Um, if the, uh, if the lions failed to win four wins and then us reminding him during this live broadcast on twitch.tv slash pride of Detroit, that, uh, it is now impossible for the lions to get four wins. And he had to hand out 50 gifted subs. Dude. I know it was the Vikings game now for a fact, because the lions won and Jeremy was just like, all right, they did it. Like, we don't have to talk about anything anymore. <laughs> about what, about what it's going to take for them in order to win another game. So like, who cares? Cause we didn't get a guess for the Broncos game and the lions got tagged. So, yeah, that's, that's yeah, that's exactly what I don't want to talk to anyone from Denver. Those people are psychopaths. Oh, like, the worst, like somehow like Colorado's a chill state and then you meet Broncos fans. Anyway, yeah, sickos. Speaking of sickos, us, the Detroit Lions podcast, complete sickos. Um, I've got a lot of, you've got a lot of negative notes here, Jeremy, and I'm I'm going to hold you back a little bit more because I just want to keep praising the sun. (laughs) Real Dark Souls hours, you praise the sun. I I think we're maybe overblowing Amon Ross St. Brown a little bit. I don't know. I mean, I can say, I don't know. I think there's going to be a repeat performance. I also didn't think that like as much as I was fanboying over him after the Minnesota game, I didn't think he'd blow up the way he has. I didn't think he would pass Calvin Johnson's rookie yards in 16 games. So he can't even claim 17th there. Although to be honest with that 17th game, he might pass Roy. Can he, can he pass Roy Williams? Jeremy? Yeah. I, I th- yeah. I think he only needs like 13. Only 13. Yeah. So as long as he doesn't he get, need like well, I'm 60. not even going to say it, but yeah, as yeah, long as he wow. plays, he's going to, he's probably going to pass it. 
Okay, so he'll have the most. So on yeah. on projection right now for most yards for Detroit Lions rookie, and with a fifth game with eight plus receptions, which means Odell Be- he's passed Odell Beckham Jr. as a rookie in that regard, and he's only the second Lions player ever to do that. And if he does it again, if he gets eight catches again in in week eighteen, he'll be the only Lions receiver to have ever caught eight catches in six consecutive games. And I know we can keep claiming, okay, he's just getting, he's getting it because there's nobody else to get the ball out to. But at some point there is a skill to being open that much to getting those well, yeah, balls. Cause you have to think about it from the defensive standpoint. If he's the only guy that's capable of getting targets out there, isn't he the guy that you want to double? Is the, yeah. Isn't he the guy you want to take away from the lions? <laughs> yeah. And, and, and by the way, it's like, again, I think back to the draft and all we keep talking about him as a slot guy. And it's like, look at how he's, he's getting the yards after completion. He had a rushing touchdown in this game too. But his best <laughs> play of the game, man. Like that was incredible too. He's, he is a monster. He is a weapon. He's, he's very exciting to watch. And what, I mean, I, I think we really have to kind of take in what he's doing right now. Cause it truly is incredible. Like, this guy is going to be up for rookie of the month four out of five weeks. And unfortunately he's going to lose it four out of five weeks because Jamar Chase went off this week, but man, like he is, he is a lot of fun to watch and you know, we, we can speculate with what he's going to look like in one, two, three years down the road. But for now, I'm just, I'm just sitting here enjoying the ride because this dude is just, he's so much fun to watch period. I, I'll, I'll just say, if you're doing a redraft for fantasy next year, you, I, I, this guy is, might be at the top of the board for like PPR formats. I know I'm, I'm sneaking in fantasy talk, but like, man, I I'm saying, I, I guess I'm saying that to illustrate, I think some NFL fans have taken notice because uh, yeah. Wow. Well, they, they had to take notice because one of my one of my favorite numbers or records, I should say that Amon Ra uh, broke on Sunday was he passed Herschel Walker for the most receptions by a first year player not selected within the first three rounds of the draft. Um, which was Walker had the record with 76, which as a running back is kind of crazy, especially for the era that he played in. But um, man, I mean, I I think that's, this goes to my point is that like Amon Rossi Brown was like maybe the most underlooked guy of this draft class. Like I even know that Jeremy and not to throw you under the bus, but like when, when the Lions draft him, you're like, yeah, I mean, like he, he could be good. Like, sure. like, like a lot, a lot of people, of people I, I think saying, a lot of everyone who was joining us saying that, like some of them were shocked that we could get him in the fourth round, but they didn't expect him to be this. this? Yeah. Well, to, to Chris's point, here's the thing is that they expected him to be one thing and he has been a complete other, like, like, he's like you said, Chris, that. like they said, Oh, he, he's a slot guy. He, he reminds me of golden Tate. No, like I'm on right side. Amon Ra is not that guy. Like Amon Ra St. Brown is like, he has more in common with like Debo Samuel than he has in common with golden Tate. Like I want to see more of him in the backfield. I want to see more of him just get the ball in his hands. As long as it's not a wide receiver screen. Like, (laughs) I mean, keep him healthy. (laughs) And any, anything other than those bubble screens, but like, it's, it's awesome. Like, I think that, I mean, that was obviously truly the high point of, I think the high point was, was that score by Amon Ross St. Brown on the handoff because it made it a 10 point game. And even though it was like, seemingly like, okay, Seattle's going to run all over Detroit this game. It was like, uh, it's still within 10 points and it's the second <laughs> quarter. Right. Like you kind of talked yourself into a little bit the lions force him to punt. And man, if I'm on Ross St. Brown can do stuff like that. 
right? Like, Maybe the Lions have a shot. <laughs> if the Lions would have just kicked a field goal in that first drive of the game, it'd only be a seven-point game right now. Like, the offense is moving. It's just got to capitalize like this. And it's Amon Ross St. Brown who made you believe in that stuff. You know what I mean? He'll make you a believer. And, yeah, I think that's a good point, too, is, like, he was, what, the, the 16th wide receiver off the board, and that's something that he reminds himself every day. And, and it just, like – the reason why I don't think this is just a, a flub and him taking opportunities that, that aren't there for anyone else for the taking is just like the mentality of this guy. It's just, you know, this guy is going to work his ass off every time he's on the practice field, every time he's on the, the playing field. And he, he just plays, he's that kind of guy that is going to play with a chip on his shoulder, even when the entire league is praising him. Even when the entire league is like, wow, this guy might be the best slot receiver in the league. If we ever yeah, get to wants- that point, he's still going to approach every week like he's being disrespected. And that that's a powerful tool. We know there are a lot of players that play like that, and, and it's usually the best players in the league. Yeah, and we, we kind of mock the bulletin board material stuff sometimes too, but you can tell it means a lot to Amon Ra when he's coming out after this game where he had over 100 yards two scrimmage touchdowns. And he's like, yeah, I keep a list of all the receivers in front of me. And like one of them was playing in this game and he had like, who, who was it, Jeremy? It was, um, uh, Dwayne, it was Dwayne Eskridge from West. Dwayne, no D yeah. It was D Eskridge, like one, one, uh, one reception, seven yards yeah. in this game. <laughs> well, I, I mean, and like this- he does everything, but I think it's just, he, we talk again, the slot thing, he's doing everything outside, inside, Blocking, rushing, tight end, yards after completion, like good God. So yeah, sorry, I, I no, I I think I think it was him kind of in in this game in the aftermath, like you know, both you and and Chris have talked about Jeremy is like the list of receivers that he keeps in front of him, like that was like a confirmation of what happened after day two of the draft when he's like working on the jugs machine in his At basement, midnight. like that. When, when that happened, I was like, nah, like that seems kind of like self, like, oh man, like I'm, I'm, I'm a, I'm a grind. I'm a grind. But like, yeah. I, I think that's more true to who he is like than anything else. Like the guy see, I mean, look at what he's become in just his rookie season. Like this is a guy who works his ass off. I mean, he, he's on the jokes machine after every practice, every time that, that he's like available to the media after practice, we have to wait an extra 30 minutes because he's on the jugs machine. He has to catch, what is it? It's either 200, 250 passes after every practice on the jugs machine. That dude is an, ins- he's got that insane mentality that, that is pretty rare. Like I know, I know the whole like rise and grind thing it is old and it's, it's tired, but there are a few people that actually like live up to it. And it's usually the people that don't have to tweet that out. It's the guys that are actually just, putting their head down and doing it. And, and I'm on as that dude. It comes from being in a family where his father's torturing, who, who is by the way, a Mr. Universe is torturing him by singing foreigner. <laughs> so, I know you love that story. I know it's, it's fantastic. I, I still think the lions are going to get another receiver at some point, but I mean, just damn, that's, I mean, that's a, that's a good foundational piece to have anyway. Um, less important. Uh, what are we doing with DeAndre Swift? It was the thing I was most confused about in this game. Yeah, it was pretty pretty weird because what Deuce Staley comes out and says, you know, full throttle, like he he looks good. Dan Campbell saying like, yeah, he's running, like he's that shoulder isn't bothering at all. We're gonna get him out there. We're gonna, you know, you're bringing 
a guy who was a centerpiece of your offense back with two games remaining because you want to get him some playing time. You want to get him some, you want him to improve. And then he comes out and touches the ball four times, six times, whatever it was, six times, four rushes, two catches, basically a complete non-factor in this game. One more touch than Craig Reynolds. <laughs> yeah. Like I, what, what's the plan here with him? I, is, is, was this just like his warm up game for the finale and, and then they're going to give him the full load or, or what, what's the deal? <laughs> Because I can't figure it out. I don't know. Well, the the thing that was so weird to me, Jeremy, is that he led running backs in snaps. Right. But he only had six touches. Right. And I, I I don't know how much of that is what the Lions are doing now, like in terms of their offense, right? Like Tim Boyle, I mean, it, for, for so long it was like, oh my gosh, the whole offense is within five yards of the line of scrimmage. But like even yesterday, I mean, <laughs> this – kind of showed you why they didn't do that with Tim Boyle because right. he threw so many interceptions, but like right. everything is more downfield. And the thing I noticed is that like Swift lined up, like I saw him line up as a receiver, like quite a few times in this game, Yeah, which I don't know if that was by design, if there was, if there was something put in place so that he could get the ball more out there and it just didn't happen. But six touches for a guy who like, why is he playing? It seems strange. I wonder if part of it is maybe just not building that rapport with Boyle yet. Like we, we know that he became a favorite target of, of uh, Jared Goff. He was, you know, was checked down Charlie to, to, to Swift for, you know, the first two months of the season. I, my question is just why he wasn't a bigger part of the running game plan, because you, you can make the argument, the game got away from them and they couldn't run the ball as much, but they ran the ball a lot in that first half. And, it was Jamal Williams, Jamal Williams, Jamal. He got 11 touches in this game. The the four rushes that, that DeAndre Swift got, three of them came when they were already down by 20 points. Why wasn't he involved earlier in that game? That that to me is kind of the weird part for me when when that game was very much in reach and and he's I mean, he there's not a lot of playmakers on your offense anymore with all the injuries and COVID and all that sort of stuff. And DeAndre Swift is arguably your best player out there on offense. And he doesn't become part of the game plan until the game's already out of hand. Weird. Yep. Yeah. No, I, I thought it was strange. I mean, like, obviously get the ball to Amon Ross St. Brown because he is quite literally on fire. But at the sure. same time, like, you're you're talking about your your best skill position player that you've had all season long up to this point, and he's just not touching the football. And I just looked it up. I, I looked it up real quick um, for the for the snap counts, but he lined he lined up four times in the slot and three times out wide. Yeah. So I don't. And, and to be clear, like I I'm fully behind playing DeAndre Swift right now. Like I don't think you need to play scared with him. I don't think you need to bottle him up and, and protect him from getting injured. Any of that sort of stuff. Like, no, like get him. He's, he's still barely beyond a rookie season at this point with all the injuries he's had to deal with. So get him out there, get him some reps and, and see where he fits in this offense. Now that it's starting to click a little more. Um, but you also have to include him. Like you can't just have him being a decoy or whatever it was this, this game and, and hand the ball off to him, man. Like the running game was working so well, these past month, month and a half without him, what could it possibly look like with, with him? I guess, I guess we might not figure out this year. Yeah. Well, I mean, if you're not going to figure it out this year, then I guess the question is like, are the Lions still going to make him a priority moving forward? Because I, I mean, 
I, I know, I know where Jeremy stands when it comes to drafting running back talent, but if it's clearly not working out here, then what's to stop the lions from starting to pursue other options at the, in the backfield. Don't do that. They got enough guys. I know. Swiss has got two more years too. Like there shouldn't be any urgency to move on there, but at the same time, like you got to see what you got there. He he had a a back-to-back 130 yard games before his injury. Like let's, let's go back to that a little bit. Yeah. Um, All right. Other, other concerns we have Levi, Ali McNeil, if he, if I have to Malifonwu, any, any notes you want to throw in there, Jeremy? Well, I mean the run defense, right? Like the run defense yeah. was so God awful in this game. And I know PFF had a pretty good score for Lee McNeil, but, but Levi did not have a good game. I think we can all agree with that. I didn't, I didn't think Aleem was, was that good either. I thought John Penicini was even worse, but I don't, I don't know. Like, I feel like we look at Panay's tool. We look at Amon Ross St. Brown. We say, wow, Brad Holmes's first draft was a knockout out of the park amazing draft and listen getting two really good players any draft no matter where you're picking is good no question about it but i think there needs to be at least a mild amount of concern for for the way levi owns played in his rookie season because it hasn't been good and you can blame maybe the back injury in in preseason in training camp you can blame you know him taking a year off last year at washington but but again it, it goes back to what i said at the first segment like we're in week 17. We're in week 18 now. Like that rust needs to be knocked off. We need to see some progress and we haven't from Levi and it's starting to be, no one's throwing out the word bust here. That's, that's ridiculous and premature, but this is a second round pick guys. Like is, is this second round curse really going to carry over to the, to the Brad Holmes era as well? I, the thing with Aleem and Levi is that I think that those guys especially at the positions they play, they're going to make a bigger impact when they have guys behind them that can finish stuff. You know what I mean? Or like just guys off the edge. That yeah, too, yeah. I, yeah. That too. I, so I, you're not, you're not seeing a lot of defensive tackles who make a ton of, you know, quote unquote tackles or stops. You know what I mean? Like it, it's really like how much they can eat up space and how much they can, you know, get the play to their linebackers and things like that. And, when I think about the games in which the Lions have looked really bad this season, like that's been the that's been the common denominator. It's like they're getting gashed for seven, eight, nine yards on the ground all the time. You know, drives are always on schedule, and it's because the linebacking the linebacking core and the, the the safety core is. I mean, those are the two positions where I think the Lions have to invest so much uh this offseason and i i can't wait to talk about that in the next segment but um I, I think that's why you've seen guys like levi and you've seen guys like aleem struggle is for the reasons you said jeremy i think the back injury is a, is a tough one for levi to overcome in his rookie season he misses a lot of training camp and preseason and and then the, the opt-out season like i mean look at the rust panay Sewell had to shake off um and, and the position changes and things like that and you know, Levi, somebody who's going through a position change as well a little bit because he was more of, you know, we talked to so many people in the off season, but he did that whole nose tackle zero type, you know, tech. And like, now he's more like the three tech and he's working in that rotation and he hasn't been getting, and that's the other thing. He hasn't been getting a lot of snaps this season. Like this was by far the the biggest snap count that he's gotten this season. Right. I think it was second, but yeah. Okay. Yeah. It's up there. Yeah. Yeah. So 
I, again, I'm not throwing out the bus word for any of these guys. That's, that's way overblown. It's a first season. And I think that you see this with guys, like there's a reason like why Fletcher Cox, like, yes, he's getting older and longer in the tooth, but like, he doesn't have a bunch of elite pieces around him anymore. So that number, his PFF grade and things like that start to fall. So like, I don't know. We, We talk about the relationship and the, how inextricably linked, like all the parts of the defense are all the time. So yeah. And then iffy, I mean, our term, not at all concerned long-term at this point. It's just poor. The poor guy has been put through the ringer in, in his rookie season. Line up like, against DK Metcalf yesterday. And well, I mean, even, even when he was forced into the lineup early in the season, like his first career start was against Devonte Adams. Yeah. And, and he was actually doing pretty good with him before he hurts his thigh and then misses the next 10 weeks. And then he comes back and it's Kyle Pitts, it's DK Metcalf and it's Devontae Adams again, probably he's getting, he's like, getting hard mode, right? Right off the get uh, right off the bat. Yeah. Poor it's, guy. It's, 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 but dude, isn't it funny though? Because like, that's just like the NFL. Remember we had yep. the same exact conversation about Jeff Okuda yeah. when he was finally healthy yeah. in his rookie season. Like he, I, I remember his, his first game was against Devontae Adams. And then it was like Michael Thomas. And then it was, you know, <laughs> another player. It was like, holy. Like, yeah, you have to stop yeah, monsters. Just put you through the ringer, man. You have to stop monsters every week. Yeah. Every week. I, I, I don't think there's a, a concern for him yet. But it, I, I mean, it, it just goes to show you, like, the thing that we've known for a long time, and we tried to hammer home when it happened with Darius Slay, like, quarterbacks especially, man, just give them some time to figure this out because – Jesus, it's 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 the toughest position in the NFL. It just is. Every single rule in the rule book is against you, and you're going up against some of the best athletes in the world. And, and so, you know, there, I don't think there's there's literally zero concern for Iffy at yeah, this point I, because this is just all a big learning process the rest of the season. I think we over we we overuse the words bend don't break. I think at this point that's just the operative for everyone in the NFL. <laughs> like, like there is, is yeah. no shut down defense in the NFL. Like everyone at any point is just at some point, it's going to be stopping the bleeding. That's all you can really ask for from some of these guys, because <laughs> as Jeremy said, the rule book is against you. Everything's against you. Uh, I hate to think about it, but that's why Matt Patricia became the head coach of the Detroit lions. But anyways, damn it. <laughs> Um, I can't, the the, the last thing I want to say about those three guys is that the thing you notice is that like, and, and PFF isn't the end all be all, but like PFF has been the kindest to Aleem and he's the only one of those guys who hasn't dealt with injuries and has been getting consistent snaps. So, I mean, make of that what you will. The, the one thing I wanted to say on iffy and it really, you can, you can take it back to Akuda, You can take it back to Amani. You can take it all. The, there's one stat that's been stuck in my head, and I don't have the stat exactly, but it was something that Eric, I think, said on one of our, our Spotify Greenroom app, uh, you know, podcast things. And he was talking about Aaron Glenn and how the, C, the, the Saints defense was as him with him as the defensive backs coach. And year one, do you remember, Ryan? It was like 31st in DVOA. Yeah, it wasn't good. It was horrible. And then but second like year, immediately, you know, it was like top yeah. 10 for the next three years. And I'm yeah. not saying expect that sort of jump for the Lions, but keep it in mind, <laughs> maybe. Yep. 
Uh, keeping in mind coming up free agency, I I don't want to I don't want to talk about this. Jeremy's twisting my arm so badly in this. I'm like I just love football here, and Jeremy's like spreadsheets, cap considerations. He's got my arm and he's gnawing it off. So uh, we'll be right back on the Friday Detroit POD cast coming up next. Unrestricted free agent look ahead. There's still a game to play. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Wrapping up the Pride of Detroit POD cast for week 17, which somehow isn't the final week of the season. Uh, because what? Penultimate. Penultimate. Bleep never ends, as, as would be said. Uh, I yes. think we got some, speaking of bleep, we've got some new reviews to read, Jeremy. Yes. Did you want to read those real quick? Um, yeah. So we've been pimping out the Spotify rating, but we, we haven't forgot about y'all on Apple Podcasts, where we are the most reviewed Lions yes. podcast. Um, yeah, and we got a couple of reviews. And, and as you mentioned, I'm not going to read them. A couple of people have been critical of, of the explicit language. And so we we essentially have a proverbial shot collar around Chris's neck. Um, so you'll hear him say bleep a lot, I guess, from now on. I don't know. But I, also, I feel like, like I'm more ch- I feel like I'm more chastised by our friend, Mrs. Ruby, who streams <laughs> on Twitch, who while she had her kids listening, I dropped like three bombs during the break. And now I just feel I, I feel like I have to go to confession. But here's the thing, like we're going to let some slip. It's just it's part of the emotions that, that that come with this podcast. And I know there are other podcasts that don't do it. And I know it may, it can be viewed as, as unprofessional, but we, I don't have the answer to the FCC here. We don't we don't have to answer to the FCC. And it's not like we're, we're crude for crude purposes. I think it all just kind of comes from an emotional place. So I want to put that out there for the people that that don't like the language. We'll try to limit it as possible. Like I said, I don't think we're explicitly crude just because that's who we are. I think it just, it just popped up with emotion. And so we'll try to limit it, but it's not going to go away completely. I don't think. Welcome to 2022. This is just how people talk sometimes too. Yeah. Anyway, let's Um, get to the positive ones. Can I, yeah. Let me read one um, from father of train lover. Um, Gave us a five-star review. Says, I really enjoy listening to Chris, Jeremy and Ryan. They're knowledgeable on football and the lines, but bring so much more to the podcast, Shakespeare, Greek mythology, et cetera. It feels a lot more (laughs) like a community than just a show. I am an ass indeed. You may prove it by my long ears. There you go. Shakespeare. Shakespeare. Yeah. And cursing, not, apparently. That's, that's not explicit. That's, that's just beautiful. No, no I, I am saying that as a donkey. 
<laughs> we'll just leave it at one for, for this week. But thank you to everybody who's reviewed us on Spotify and on Apple Podcasts. And do we I really do the love my reading mama's the boy? reviews. Do we do the my, my Mama's Boy one? Um, I'm trying to that remember. One. I think we may have. I have it here. here. My Mama's Boy, five stars. Best Lions pod. I love this podcast. I listen to every episode. Is the best Lions podcast available. Love you guys. Keep up the quote unquote adequate job. There you go. Appreciate it. Thank you, guys. Thank you. Anyway, uh, Jeremy's chain is off now. He wants to talk about free. Uh, well, let, let's clarify, because I think I went to break just saying free agents. I mean that the unrestricted free agents the Lions have. Yeah. These are guys the Lions have to make the decision if they're going to re-sign or let walk. Um, I'm going to focus in on a few of these guys here soon, but I want to start with a kind of game I played with our post-game show stream on Sunday, which is, and it wasn't part of the recording, so I'm not re-shredding ground. Uh, but I, I let, let's I, let me pull up the whole list again from Spot Track, and I just want you guys to sit here. I, I'm giving you guys. You have all of the unrestricted free agents that the Lions has. That'd be like Nick Williams, Tim Boyle, Jalen Reeves, maybe Charles Harris, Alex Andalone, Josh Reynolds, Cleve Freeman. I don't need to read the whole list. You have it in front of you. Go look it up on Spot Track. I am telling you, you have three of these guys who you are get you get the guaranteed. You get the guaranteed that you will be able to re-sign these guys and bring them back to your squad in 2022. Three guys. Everyone else, you are putting up to risk that you might not be able to re-sign. Who are the three guys you want the guaranteed on? Uh, I, I think it was pretty actually easy for me. Um, I, I three because jumped I, to mind. I, it was funny because one name came up all the time with our yeah. post game chat, and then the uh, like some names kept coming up and up, but everyone had kind of a different two and three. So I want to see what you guys come up with. Three that that jump off the bat, and this is kind of we're, we're throwing price and all that to the side. Just like three guys I want back the most: Tracy Walker, Charles Harris, Josh Reynolds, Ryan. Period. So, so I, I find that really interesting because I, I know we're throwing price and everything to the side, but you didn't name either of the linebackers, neither Alex Anzalone or Jalen Reeves Maben. And I think that from what we've seen out of Derek Barnes so far this year, that's just like, a, I don't know. It's kind it's of a risk. A tough, it's a tough sell. It's a risk for me because sure. then, then you have to go pretty hard in, in both, you know, trying to find free agent help to, to, to replenish that. Uh, that hole that would leave, but also the draft. And I don't know. So I, I totally am in agreement in Charles Harris. He's been the best defensive player the Lions have had um, throughout the course of the season. Um, number two, I I am definitely intrigued to bring back Josh Reynolds, especially if Jared Goff's going to be the quarterback because it seems like they have something going for him. Uh, the third one I'm going to say is I'm going to go with Aaron Glenn. Uh, Jalen Reeves Maben. Oh, okay. I thought you said, I thought you were saying Aaron Glenn, we want to bring him back. Well, He's that, not a free that, agent. That, technically. That, well, <laughs> so I think my counts. answer, I, I think yeah. my answer was, was Charles Harris, Alex Anzalone, Josh Reynolds. The point was that everyone in a chat was in agreement with one name and it was Josh Reynolds. Interesting. Really? That was the name that showed up every, every answer we got. Josh Reynolds was one of those. So I just, I just find that interesting. It is kind I think, of interesting. I think, yeah, because I think good, the, but he hasn't had like, he hasn't had like number one, receiver numbers and, and well, I, I guess maybe 
that's not the, what they're looking at. He's the clear cut free agent on the offense versus when I, when I limit you to three, I think the answers on defense start to fray and you break down and you're choosing, trying to choose between Harris, JRM, Anzalone, Tracy Walker. And you don't, there there's like, that's where it starts to, but you're Josh Reynolds, at least what's that? You're like splitting the vote essentially. Yes. Yes. Yeah. yeah I think there's, but let's, I, I do want to talk about the linebackers because you're right. Like Aaron Glenn spoke very, very, very highly of, of Jalen Reeves, maybe and even kind of let it slip. Like, yeah, he's going to contend for our, uh, a starting linebacker job. And then a, a reporter had to be like, do you mean for next year? And he's like, Oh, <laughs> he's a free agent. Uh, well, yeah, I want all my free agents back. Uh, uh, like he, like he, he, he kind of got caught like saying like he he's running under the assumption. It seems like the Jalen Reeves maybe is going to be back. And Alex Anzalone, also a guy that obviously this team really, really likes. I mean, Dan Campbell basically gushed about him every single press conference. They brought him with him from from New Orleans, yeah. But I, I guess the reason why they're not on my list is I'm not I'm not as convinced the either of those guys are like guys that you really want to be starting linebackers on your team. I get that the lines do not have any depth at that position. I get that you know starting Derek Barnes next year is, is a bit of a scary thing. Like I know we were all on the Derek Barnes train to start the year and he did some cool things in the preseason, but he hasn't looked great since um, he, he really hasn't. And so, yeah, linebacker becomes a huge need. If you don't resign both of those guys, if you only resign one of them, it's still a huge need. Even if you resign them both, I think it's still a big need because again, like I'm not convinced those guys are long-term starters on your team. And so that's why I'm not rushing to, you know, the, 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 the debating table, the, the negotiating table to, to get those guys re-signed. But I under, also understand like those are good guys to have on depth because both, I think with both of those guys, it's a character thing, right? They, they kept talking about Jalen Reeves, maybe, and how he grew up in the NFL as a special teams player. And when you have the love of the game that you do to be a great special teams player, that's the kind of attitude that you need to be a good defensive player. That's what you need, the kind of attitude you need to be a great leader in the locker room. And I think both Alex Anzalone and Jalen Reeves Maben have that. I just don't know if they have the talent. And Reeves Maben, listen, he's playing good football right now. He's playing spirited football. And maybe, maybe all he needs is another year under Aaron Glenn. And, and he does take a jump to be a legitimate starter. I, I think I have a little bit more faith in that than I do Alex Anzalone because I, th- I think we've seen the tip of the iceberg with him. Like he's, he's going to a defensive system. He, he already knew in new Orleans and you know, he's not, he's not an old player, but I don't know. There, there isn't much about Alex Anzalone that's, that excites me. To, and I feel like people are forgetting like two months ago, everyone hated that guy, right? Like the first month of the season, he was playing horrible. Everyone hated him and he got better, but he didn't get great all of a sudden. Yeah, no, that's true. So that's where I met in those guys. So, uh, <clears throat> sorry. Uh, I want to move on and maybe like, should, should we maybe like zoom in on a couple other guys here? I know you got some notes here on Charles Harris. Um, well, yeah, I, he I, said, I thought- he said, that, you know, someone asked him, does Detroit have what you're looking for long-term? And he said, yeah, without a doubt. And like, he, he seems to be the guy that if, if there is a clear cut, like, yeah, this is a real good standout in your defense. It's Charles Harris. Yeah. I, I, I feel like the last two weeks we've really like, I think the media is like 
started to work ahead and, and asked all these players that, that are free agents and asked some of the coaches what they the think about these free agents. Detroit. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's, and, it's always been the question is like, this was the tryout year for a lot of these guys. This was a lot of the, a yep. lot of prove it contracts. Right. Yeah. Exactly. And Charles and for them a, and for them testing out the culture here too, being like, all right, sure. let's see what it's like with, you know, with, with Dan Campbell coming in with his staff coming in, let's see if we like it here. And some of these guys are like, yeah, I'm kind of vibing. Harris is an interesting situation because the Lions have essentially springboarded his career. Like he's, he is now a relevant name. He'll, he'll get some, some bites in free agency. The question is how much is he bought in here? How much does he love it here? And yeah, he'll, he'll tell, you know, I think it was the M live guys on their podcast saying like, yeah, of course, like they, the, the Lions have what I want. You know, they, they're, they're a team that believes in me. They're a team that, you know, he said very complimentary things about the organization. He said, you know, even Brad Holmes like recommended a, a book to me in, in training camp. And, and that was very influential to me this year. And so like he has this emotional attachment to the Lions. I just wonder how much that is going to stick once the money starts coming in and maybe the better team starts swooping in and maybe he gets an opportunity to, to play for a, a championship type team next year. I don't know. He's saying all the right things and you'd think he'd owe a, a, a certain amount of gratitude to this team for, for putting him in good positions to win and, and play better and, and rack up a whole bunch of sacks, but you, you never really know what's going, what, what's going on in a player's mind. So I'm, I'm in, obviously I think the Lions should have interest in bringing him back because we just said it, like you can't have enough pass rushers, even if the Lions go Aiden Hutchinson or Kayvon Thibodeau and, and they get back a, a healthy uh, Romeo Quara and, and, you know, some of these other young more. guys start, uh, you, you need more. And so, yeah, I think the line should be interested. I'm just curious as to where Harris's mind will go. I love Charles Harris's story. I think it's awesome. If he becomes more expensive than like, I want to say like eight and a half or $9 million a year. I know spot track has him with like a estimated salary of like 8.6 million a year. Oh, wow, really? that's starting to get pretty expensive for a guy who's it's only true. done it one year. And yeah. I, I think, I think Charles Harris too. And I mean, dude, go get your bag, like go get your money because wherever that might be, because like you said, Jeremy, like this guy, I mean, he, he isn't, he isn't like a one year flame out from another team. He isn't a two year flame out from another team. Like he's 27 years old. Like this might be like his, his only prime contract that he gets. And I mean, what better season to have than the season he, he's had with, with the lions. But I, I think you're starting to talk about a guy who's pretty expensive. Who's only done it for one season. That seems to be the theme though, is a lot of these guys are around 27 years old that who are looking at these contracts here. Sure. So, yeah. Uh, let you want to go down the list here. Let's, let's see here. Just yeah. real quick resign or let go. I think this is just kind of go a little rapid fire. So, I mean, we've kind of talked a little bit on Alex Anzalone leadership is there. And everything, uh, <laughs> Jeremy, resign or let go on Alex. I, I mean, I, I think you, you resign him, but you don't make it a huge priority. I, I'm with resigning him too, just because the Lions have nothing at linebacker right now. Yeah. Uh, resign time or let go, Tim Boyle. Um, I'll go first because I have very special feelings about Tim Boyle right now. <laughs> Like a, a lot of people are just railing against a guy who only had his third career start. And you're talking about how bad this lion's offense is like what better season to find out that Tim Boyle might not be backup quarterback material than this lost season. Right? Like it, it, it's the same argument for people who are like, well, 
what what do you mean you want to see David Blau? Like we know who David Blau is. I I think we kind of have an idea of like who Tim Boyle is. The the, the David Blau people remind me of the of the Kellen Moore people. <laughs> the kind of back do. in the day. I'm it's, sorry, it's bizarre. But for Tim Boyle, uh, nice knowing you. You can get a developmental quarterback in the draft. Here's the thing. I'm with you. I don't think Tim Boyle is a very good quarterback. I think he's going. I think he's learning a lot on the fly, and he's. I think people underestimate just how inexperienced he is and how much that's affecting him on game day. Uh, but I also think he's not a very good. I think he's an inaccurate quarterback. Yep. But Dan Campbell said some very interesting things about him today. And uh, let, let me read. Just I know we're trying to go rapid fire here, but he says, "quote There's something about this guy, and I think he's going to get better." I think these reps are invaluable to him. And look, he got put in a tough spot. Again, kind of bringing up that put put in a bad situation thing. And then he says, at the end, I'm not discouraged, but there is some stuff in there that I'm pretty encouraged by. Like he, and I know again, coach protecting his players. That's not something that's not rare, but if you listen to that whole quote about Tim Boyle, he talked about him for like a minute straight. And it certainly didn't sound like a guy that was interested in just being like, well, we saw what he got. See you later. It sounds like a guy is like, I see some pieces there. If we give him a little more experience, who knows? And I'm just, I'm, I think I'm just trying to mentally prepare you that I wouldn't be shocked to see him recently. I, I wouldn't be torn to pieces if he was, it, it's just whatever. It's yeah. backup quarterback. Who cares? <laughs> yeah, that's fair. We, we, we've talked about this during a break. Like, I mean, I'm sorry. Like, you shouldn't be wasting this time on uh, thinking too hard on backup quarterback. It's just, it's not, I, I think people assume that they're going to come in and save your season, but like outside of Nick Foles, when was that ever, ever, ever the case? You know who can come in and save your season though? What's that? A super back. Um, yep, I'm, next one up. I'm doing, I want to do hosting on this one. Okay. I want to <laughs> go for it. I'm going go to Jeremy it. first. Resign or let go super back and Walter Payton man of the year award nominee. Jason Cabinda franchise tag that man. <laughs> what, what's the, what's the going rate for a super back? I don't know. No, they're going to, they're going to resign him. Like they, they absolutely oh, yeah. love this kid. He, he does a lot of different things for them. Fullback tight end, um, all that sort of stuff. The easy resign. They, they might get that done before the season's over. Yeah. It, I, I think they resign him. Like uh, not also to like, I, I think there's we're, we're doing this on the assumption too that there's going to be like free market bidding for some of these guys. I sometimes just the devil you know, like Jason Cabinda knows the Lions, the Lions know him. It's just easy resign, yeah. Um, okay, well I've got my host Reigns back from Ryan. Uh, Tracy Walker. I, I mean, he's starting to play really good football. He's kind of cooled off in the, in the recent weeks after kind of going through some injuries and things like that. But I'm curious as to see how much he's going to want, because I feel like he's certainly cooled off from being like the second PFF rated safety in the league midway through the season. But I think that the team likes him. I think another, I think he really likes Aaron Glenn and what's, what's going on here. So I think that might be an easy resign too, depending on how much he's looking for. Yeah. I, I mean, I want him to be back if the, Price is right. And that's a really easy answer, but I think that's the right answer for Tracy Walker. And it kind of, you know, coincides with how I feel about Charles Harris, but it's, if he wants to be here for the right price, I'm cool with Tracy Walker. Yeah. Okay. Uh, next up, and we're starting to get into the wide receivers now, Khalif Raymond. This is an interesting one because he hasn't been bad. Um, and maybe he's good for like, 
wide receiver five. That's also your punt returner. But I also think he's probably pretty replaceable. So I'm I'm cool with moving on from from Khalif, even though he he's also like a very high character guy too. Yeah, it, it seems kind of at odds with one another when you're like, yeah, bring back Josh Reynolds, but nah, I've seen enough of Khalif Raymond. Like there are a few weeks where like Khalif Raymond was the only thing a going centerpiece. for the Lions, yeah. yeah, receiving core. But I'm I'm with you. Like I I, I don't want this to be too much groupthink, but like. I think just go young at wide receiver. Like, I mean, we're seeing what is happening with Amon Ross St. Brown, you know, if Brad, Brad Holmes at this point, like it's starting to become like a, a trend that he can find guys later in the draft. So why not use some of those draft picks and maybe find another, another diamond in the rough. Uh, let's go to the other receiver. Then I threw this one in there just because I remember on the post game, getting a lot of questions about how he performed in this game. Uh, against Seattle, Kaderil Hodge. Kaderil Hodge is an interesting one because it seems like it seems like he was a priority for Brad Holmes, and I know wide receiver was just a priority, like in the same way like getting Trinity Benson was a priority. <laughs> um, <clears throat> but man, it might be recency bias too. He just had a great game against Seattle. Yeah, five five really receptions, seventy six yards. Yeah. Yeah, um, but uh, I don't know. He, you know what? The thing that's probably stuck out the most about him is like he's made some really good plays as a gunner, and he's made some pretty bad plays as a gunner too. So he's one of those special teams guys who, I mean, it's at the bottom of the roster. If he wants to stick around, fine, but I would let him go if he wants to go. I, I think I think you resign him, and and part of it is that he he brings something different than, than what the Lions currently have. He's, he's an outtake receiver, right? A big physical guy. Yeah. Yeah. And, and, and as you mentioned, he, he brings value on special teams that can go a long ways. And, you know, I I know Quintus Cephas was just kind of like catching on right before his, his um, shoulder injury or shoulder blade injury. Um, But collarbone, yeah. Collarbone. Um, But Cephas wasn't doing any special teams. And I feel like Kaderil Hodge and Quintus Cephas could very much be a camp battle next year that, that could go down to the wire. So I, th- I think you bring back Kaderil Hodge on a, you know, he's not going to cost too much and, and let them battle out for, for wide receiver five or wide receiver four or whatever it is. And last one I have written down here, uh, Nick Williams. Nope. See ya. <laughs> That's it. Very quickly. Okay, great. Yeah. I mean, I know I, here's the thing, like I, we, we probably shouldn't be so dismissive. He, he is very much a veteran leader in that locker room. And, and you ask any, any one of those interior defenders, really anyone on the defensive line and, and him and, and, uh, and Brockers are like the two first names that come out as leaders and, 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 you know, emotional guys that, that help that team get along in, in a rough year like this year. So it's possible again, he's, he's one of those locker room guys that, that I think the Lions really, really like, but in terms of production on the field, he's just not bringing it anymore. And so you'd like to see him get, I mean, you don't want to see the Lions get rid of all their veteran guys on the defensive line because then you're left with just a bunch of really young players. And we saw how they played this week against the, the Seahawks. But um, I just I don't see a way you can rationalize it too much unless you're giving him a very cheap deal. I mean, and this is a guy who's, you know, what his his cap hit is like five million dollars this year. Like, yeah, I mean, he's, he's not. Yeah, he's not playing up to that level. So. Yeah. Yep. Did you get your fill, Jeremy? So, so much fill. I feel, so much I feel fill. satiated. Satiated is. All right. 
That's going to do it for us in the Pride of Detroit POD cast. Please keep those ratings rolling in. Guys, we had a phenomenal 2021. Let's start 2022 strong. We got a long offseason to come here, but one more game is in the books, and it's against the Green Bay Packers, who've already locked up. Have they locked up home field, Jeremy? They, they have. have. Yep. So they don't have much mm-hmm. to play for. No, but it sounds like they are still going to play their starters. Aaron Rodgers really wants to, and it sounds like Matt LaFleur said that the, the early plan is to go that way. So not going to be an easy Matt Flynn game. Not going to be an easy Matt. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> wow. Well, you know, hey, Lions, uh, keep your fingers crossed that Jacksonville wins. Go Jags. Go Jags, baby. Team Cat Brotherhood. Mm. We'll see you star side, folks. First thing in the morning, as soon as you wake up, the to-do list starts. Does the car need gas? Hopefully those leftovers are still good. Why did I get CC'd on the <laughs> No. You can't escape the to-do list, but you can make the most of your me time with a relaxing shower using Method Hair Care products. Try Pure Peace Volumizing, Simply Nourish Moisturizing, or Daily Zen Shampoo and Conditioner for daily use. All formulated with long-lasting fragrances and are safe for color-treated hair. Reconnect with the best version of yourself. Visit methodproducts.com to unleash your inner shower. More to-dos, less time, and an infinite number of tools to keep track of. Sometimes doing business has never felt harder, but you don't need a miracle to hit your goals. You can just use HubSpot because their all-in-one customer platform can make growing your business infinitely easier. Imagine this, high-quality leads, fast-closing deals, wildly happy customers, and more benchmark-breaking quarters. It's not a miracle, it's HubSpot. Visit HubSpot.com to get started today.